Welcome back to Fox and Fallon, episode 28. Courtney Fallon, Tanya Ray Fox, the usual. We're sitting here on a happy Friday because the Patriots, Tanya, they are 6-0. and They are. And everyone has something to complain about. Yeah, they have isn't the... That uh, a beautiful, isn't that like the beautiful world that we live in? It's They have the best statistical defense we've seen through six games in this current millennium that we're living through. And yet, here we are trying to defend them to the nation and to the good people of Boston. Well, listen, there was a nor'easter last night in New England. There and, was. You know, the offense wasn't necessarily on, but we were going to break down the entire New England Patriots, New York Giants, 35 to 14 victory. I'm excited to talk about how Tom Brady turned into Steve Young for two quarters. I'm pretty into that. I, I, I'm, it was exciting. I, I was a little worried there for a little yeah, bit. I, but, I'm not going to lie. It was a little scary. Anyways... Yes, this is going to be a Patriots-heavy, kind of like a local news. It's going to be basically all Patriots. It's going to be all Patriots. But so, to be fair, yeah, that was the Thursday night game. This is We're trying to make this live. You know, this we want this to stay green for the rest in our mind. Also, <laughs> trying to make this stay green so that it's relevant next week. Next week, when the Patriots are still six to zero. Exactly. Everyone. Oh, listen, I'm crossing my fingers for the the 49ers. I'm actually going to. Oh yeah. On Sunday. Anyways, let's get to the podcast breakdown. Tanya, first up. Yes, as you mentioned, we know that there's a lot of very, very crazy Patriots defensive statistics, but we're going to hit you with some more. And then we're going to advance the conversation beyond the numbers and talk about what this eye test is really showing us. Because again, I am listening to every headline, every TV station. I popped on sports radio this morning back in Boston. Really, should we be complaining or should we be complacent? Right. Or just plain happy to see what we have there. It's Yeah, I think that there's more to talk about than just the defensive stats, although it's hard to really talk about them without pinpointing some of the more amazing numbers that have come out of the first six weeks. So we're going to do both because that's what we do. What do we got after that, Court? Yes, the Patriots offense, as we mentioned, a little bit banged up. They're turning to their rookies. A little Gunnar Olszewski action last night reminded us all of the, the, another white Wide receiver in a number 80 jersey. kind of freaks me out a little bit. I was like, sure, yeah. Danny Amendola. It was a little throwback. Again. We're going to hit on the overreactions from the first half of last night and then what we saw that was good with the Patriots office and what we need to address. Then we're going to get you through the rest of the regular season schedule for New England and figure out when they're really going to lose. Yeah. And like, if they lose before week 17. I mean, that's the thing is like, if you look through and we'll obviously when we get to the topic, we'll break it down more, but it's easy to see what where the stretch is that they could lose some games. And then if you can decide where you think they may or may lose a game or two, we can project their record after week 17. And that's what we're going to try to do. Now, obviously the Patriots are trying to uh, upseat Mercury Morris and the 72 Dolphins. That's just like <laughs> literally like it's everything, everything that they want to do and more every year. And then of course, gimmicks and rants is just going to be centering around our favorite Rob Gronkowski. It's going to be just a rant fest. Um, of, of Gronk TV. Yeah, Gronk, honestly, Gronk TV was everything we could have expected and more, and people were pleased, people were disappointed. There were all kinds of takes, and we're going to break them all down. Do you, do you know what? Like, I, I really am just thinking about it now, watching Rob Gronkowski on TV last night. With, I just, I really wish that someone would release, like, tapes of him practicing for TV last night. I know. Like, do you know what you mean? Oh, like, there's yeah. definitely, there was definitely some prep involved there. <laughs> whether it was good prep or not. I just picture him but, in the mirror, you know? 
He's like looking at himself in the <laughs> like, mirror, like like the, like you in can The do Sims. This. Do you remember yes. when, when yes. you had The Sims? Yeah. You had to force them to uh, you had to force them to do charisma training. Oh yeah. Oh, he doesn't need charisma training. He might need speaking training, but the charisma's all there. All right, Courtney. All right, we're getting into the show. We're getting into the show. We're doing Before it. Before we do the show, I just want to say that I um, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather today. I just want to kind of state yep. that I have a I have a throat infection. Children, please do not fall asleep. Uh, in front of your air conditioners, you, you might you might wake up with your entire throat white. Yeah, and then and then I have to bust out my potions, my essential oil oh potions, God. to try oh to fix God. you. We'll see how Tanya's it works out. trying to heal me. I think I feel a little better just having talking, you know, just talking football. Yeah. But all right, Tanya, we're gonna get to the first topic. Yes, the defensive Patriots. defense. We're doing a deep right. dive. We're, we're doing, doing a deep, deep dive. dive. Deep yeah, dive. we're okay. taking it through stats. We're taking it all the way through. But the Patriots defense, listen. We saw flashes of this talent last postseason with their really brilliant performances against Phillip Rivers and Patrick Mahomes and an incredibly dynamic Rams offense in the playoffs. But there's something else going on here right now, Courtney. I don't know what it is. Let me give you a few statistics um, as compiled by the great and powerful Tommy Curran. Posing offenses have embarked on 74 drives against this Patriots defenses, and only five of those 74 drives have ended with points. Wow. Three of them with touchdowns. So that's all that they've allowed all season. The more, probably the craziest thing that I've seen, my eyeballs have looked at so far, is that they have 14 picks and 25 sacks through through six games so yeah. far, okay? 14 yep. picks. Last season, they had 18 picks and 30 sacks for the year. Yeah. The year before that, they had 12 picks and 41 sacks for the year. This is a team that is on pace to destroy, destroy anything that they've done in the last 10 years. Yeah. We're looking at the kind of performances, even in the pass rush, that we haven't seen before. And this, the 14 interceptions is more than double of any other team. So... Yep. What they're doing is it looks just, like a it looks like a clinic out there. It last looks night. like it was it was so it was it looks like a video game. So you know like they're not just school, like a high school like Friday Night Lights. It's unbelievable. So they're not just you know this is a historic pace. Yeah. Um, Doug Farrar's deep dive into the Patriots defense after Week Five, he kind of started talking about these comparisons that are popping up with the 1985 Bears and the 2000 Ravens, who are considered to be the greatest defenses of all time. That's yeah. who we talk about when we say. You know, how do they compare to the really great units, right? Anytime we're talking of about course. a great defense. Yep. And, you know, in his comparison, he found that those defense, did, they didn't necessarily go up against the greatest quarterbacks ever, right? Yep. Like, we, we're, we're hearing that narrative going on right now. So, Courtney, with all of this taken into account, let's say that this is an 85 Bears-type defense or yep. 2000. Let's say they continue on this pace. What is making them different this year from what they were last year, how they improved through the postseason, what what is the X factor? I know X factor is such a cliche word to use, but there's something a very mediocre TV, here. a very mediocre TV show. X factor, yes, exactly. Yes. But I, a very perfect football word. There's something different. What is it? Okay. Um. Well, a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Sure. Um. I am not surprised that the McCordys didn't get their sixth straight game with an interception because. God only knows for any offensive coordinator that's trying to throw the ball against the Patriots defense or the Patriots secondary, it would behoove them to throw in in even like a slight direction in the wind tail of their of their routes towards the McCourty twins. Yeah, because but instead they're just, they threw it to Stefan Gilmore. Uh, well, that's what out. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I mean, but listen, like, I mean, yeah. you have one of the best secondaries 
and I always say that their secondary has always been solid. You're right. The yeah. way that the McCordy twins, I think that started with Devin and Jason's picking up on it. I mean, they're like a well-oiled machine. These are t- these are guys that have been playing the same on the same team together, Jerron Harmon and the McCordy twins since high school, you know? Right. So they're familiar with each other. They they understand, they communicate well. The second thing that really comes to mind is Michael Bennett last night. Michael Bennett only had about, I think, 11 or 12 snaps. It's a significant number less than in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they've been going down. But this is the perfect situation. Now, you know, the discussions are, hey, what are we going to do with him? Are we going to have to trade him away? But... No, you have a, you have a, a veteran defensive lineman here that, I mean, you don't even need to use him. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? The yeah. X factor here, Tanya, is depth. Yeah. Is that like when you uncover one layer of the onion, then you have three more guys that are there to step up that are good, if not better. Right. Okay. You know, so they're going to keep these guys healthy down the stretch, late in games, in December, come early January, this is going to be the reason that the Patriots are going to shatter numbers from any of these previous illustrious defensive teams in the years past because of the amount of people that they have on offense. Dietrich Wise was making big stops last night. He had a great game. Kyle Van Noy. I mean, but it's every game it's different, and that's always kind of a characteristic of a Patriots, New England Patriots team. Yeah. But it's, it's the defense that's really really got me excited. It's a good point. I mean, I saw that you um, retweeted Chad Finn and talked about how Jamie Collins was due for a big play. We were practically into the fourth quarter before yep. the probably the best statistical defensive player on the team besides Stefan Gilmore and Devin McCourty this year has been Jamie Collins. Yep. The three of them have been extraordinary. We didn't even really hear from him until the fourth quarter because so many other people were making plays. John oh, yeah. Simon with an interception. Like you said, Kyle Van Noy with a pick six. I mean, it, it, it was genuinely one of those games where oh, even your... Oh, the rookie, too. Yeah. Oh, was Chase Winovich, Chase Winovich on Winovich. special teams. Yeah, on special, that so, was great. So, I mean, and, you know, obviously that was on special teams, but he is a linebacker. They are going to yeah. bring him up. And, and so when you start talking about a game that was that defensively dominant and you're not even saying Dante Hightower's yeah, name. Exactly. You're not even saying, you're barely talking about Jamie Collins. You forget Danny Shelton had, a, I, I was yeah. like, Oh right. Of course he tipped a pass last night. I mean, I can't, you're when you really look down that list, it starts to make you feel like it's 2004 again. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely insane. And to tack on to what you said, I do think Devin McCourty since getting Jason on the team and winning a, a ring together there's something really special about what he's become, not just as a leader, but hitting his stride at his age, yep. at 32 years old, to be playing the best football of his life and to have that leadership role on the team. That sets the tone for everybody. Yep. We know that Dante Hightower is the signal caller out there very frequently, but Devin McCourty is the heart of the team on that side of the ball, and he continues to grow into that role even more and more every year. Yeah, but I, mean, I have to say, we talked about this in the pre-production meeting. I think we both agree. Bill Belichick calling the plays this season and having the defense really run through him in a way that it hasn't since 2010, the last time he was the without a defensive coordinator, yep. And yep. A, you know, a de facto defensive coordinator. It's it's honestly it's like his piece de resistance, you know, <laughs> like he's done so much in his career that you can't imagine he's going to continue to impress us on a different level. And here we are. He has. Matt Patricia departed for Detroit. He has Brian Flores in Miami. He has Gerard Mayo helping him out. His, his young bu- his, his, his protégés continue to come through for him. But this is a Bill Belichick defense in its truest, most con- concentrated form. And 
to see that it's starting to become a historic unit is it's honestly I don't know what to say about this no, man anymore. I know. I know. No, listen, he continues to bend and break the rules and and remake them and you know, to be honest as we move into kind of our second topic about what what is the X factor for this team right now, it's right. you know, we have to start we have to start shifting our attention to what is wrong. I know, you know, it's yeah. kind of a joke, you know, the Patriots are 6 and 0 and and people cannot stop complaining. <laughs> but it's true. Um, their offense looked very lackluster last night. But, you know, in, in true Bill Belichick fashion of what I, as we introduce our next topic, like this team is not going to look roster wise is, is going to look very different. I'm not saying drastically different, Tanya. I'm not right. saying that they're going to move, you know, significant pieces off of the roster, but this team is going to continue to mold and to change sure. because Bill is not going to sit on his laurels and say that that was a great offensive performance last night. Right. At times the offense looked very shaky and scary. Oof. I cannot remember the last time that the Patriots traded interceptions with Brady gets the ball back and he just throws it right away. The, the wind or whatever was yeah. the X factor. They need to do something on the offensive line to get Brady more time to mm-hmm. throw the ball. I think we're all pointing at when Isaiah Wynn is going to come back from the from the uh, from the from injured reserve. Fingers and crossed. And secondly, it's like you know they need to get people open. So again, um, will this be one of Bill Belichick's greatest feats? Yes, calling the plays on defense, and then if he's able to fine tune and fix this offense to yeah. become an offensive juggernaut, absolutely. Do they miss Antonio Brown on the offense? Yeah. Do they miss him in the locker room? No. But there. I don't needs think they to miss be... Antonio Brown. They miss Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> they need. They need. They need help on the interior. No, no, one hundred percent in that. Like, yeah, but like uh, fuck Antonio. So Brown. all right. So I mean, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I know agree. what you're saying though. Fuck Antonio Brown. Yes. Uh, but listen, last night, no Philip Dorsett, no Rex Burkhead. Matt Lacoste is out. Josh Gordon missing the entire second half, as we mentioned. I mean, I am super excited for Nikhil Harry, and I'm super excited. I know, we're like the Nikhil the Harry fa- podcast. The, fa- the fact <laughs> that Antonio Brown is no longer on the team, and I'm like, yes! I know. More production for Nikhil Harry. All right, when are they coming back? David Andrews, out since the preseason. These guys who stepped up at some point to make big plays, Brandon Bolden, fantastic, two weeks in a row, coming out of nowhere. Credit to Josh McDaniels, Ryan Izzo, Goner Olszewski, Jacoby Myers. Who are Is, they? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Who I mean, are these people? So we, we've talked so many times about Dante Scarnecchia, and, you know, he's he's been able to, you know, make a Ferrari out of junkyard scraps. And, you know, I mean, but it, it, does, does the praise need to be shifted from the O-line coach to the offensive corner and Josh McDaniels because what he's doing right now is very special. Yeah, I think that what we saw, the halftime adjustment we saw, again, is something we've can come to expect from Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, but specifically with Josh McDaniels this season because the offense has struggled early on in games trying to get their rhythm. I don't think we talk enough, Courtney, about what Josh McDaniels is able to do with running backs. Yes. Every time, you know, Rex Burkhead was the best running back to, in on this team you know, at times last season and definitely early on in this season, he's hurt. They they can't get Sony Michelle going the way that they want to. James White isn't catching the passes the way they want. So they say, "All right, you guys ever heard of Brandon Bolden? Remember that guy? It was yeah. all you know. You remember him? We brought yeah. him back. Bro, blonde braids. You got this right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's the best back on the field. And this is something we've seen him do for a decade now. But yeah. it continues. It this is something that we don't talk enough about because. 
the praise always goes to McDaniels as a guy who's able to make adjustments against defenses. Yep. And he's able to, you know, work with Brady and all that stuff. But I would be shocked to hear any offensive coordinator or running backs court guy or anyone else look at what he does with that unit and the, with the play calling about with those guys yep. and not say it's not one of the most masterful performances he's seen in a rushing continuously in and out. Yeah. I've never seen, I really can't think of another example. No, I know. Well, and here, here's how I'm kind of going to switch gears in the narrative here is that, um, you know, for as many, uh, how, how great that their offense was last night. Tom Brady had two quarterback sneaks for two touch, rushing touchdowns. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, you he, know, he was it, back to the sneak. Man. Exactly. Can't well, listen, it. the Patriots, they know how to sneak. Yeah. I clearly, you know, Mike Nugent, Bill Belichick doesn't trust him. Um, you don't very, think? No. I thought he did okay last night. I mean, he went for what he went on fourth down and then he doinked it off the, you know, the upright. I that field goal wasn't his fault. I mean, but I think Bill is Bill is a little nervous. Yeah, I do. I know what you're saying. There was a couple Um, fourth down situations where you were. There is a situation here now um, where as good as this defense is, Mm -hmm. and. As good as the Patriots running backs are, so good off the screen, mm-hmm. that is like literally their MO from all the way back when they used to have Kevin Falk in the offense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, remind yeah. you, Kevin Falk is Marshall Falk's cousin who was written off. Kin. My, my mother used to make that joke. She'd be like, oh, oh poor little cousin. He wasn't he wasn't as good as his, as his cousin Marshall. As but, you know, listen, exactly. Because Bill Belichick found a way. That's, that's you know, the running back situation. That's yeah, you're right. Not. It does go back to the early days. It, it goes back to the early days. It sticks to, you know, kind of kind of the mode of transport of how they've been navigating themselves through the NFL for years. Yeah. Um, when you have a situation where your defense is scoring offensive touchdowns or defensive touchdowns once a week and somewhat relying on them, needing to rely on that defensive, that Matt Slater special teams touchdown to win that game in Buffalo, when you are relying on that every week, it's a problem. But they weren't relying they, on that. I know. They're not relying on, oh, well, they had to in Buffalo last week. But sure. I'm just saying. I mean, like, that's one game. The, the Patriots, I think that this is two weeks in a row. And I think Josh McDaniels is going to have a, a take a big look in the mirror and at this roster specifically in this extended bye week, uh, they're going to make some significant changes to the offense. I'm not saying, you know, starting to make plans. What do you mean by what, significant? There is no, there's not many I mean, changes they're going to have to, listen, they picked up, in what, in 2014, they picked up Allen Branch. That's like, not a significant. I'm not I saying mean, it's significant because they're not. They're, they're going to they have to tweak. They have a $5 million cap that's, 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 um, that's handcuffing them from Antonio Brown. That's that's sure. fucking shit up right now. But you know, I mean, they're gonna have to find some no name receiver who's maybe in the third or a fourth year of their deal somewhere else and bring maybe, them into the office. Maybe a guy is in Detroit and they're not using him, <sighs> but then you know he could just fit right in. There's, you, I don't know. You have this know. thing that you think Danny. I think Danny Amendola's gonna end up. I've been back. saying it since like June. She's like, listen, I have a prediction. I just, I just, I been, like it. Listen, I mean, but it depends. The Detroit's Detroit a playoff game they do they play very big well in their that's offense. the thing is like if Detroit they, feels like they, they need very him big. yeah but I think they're gonna use him this week yeah in, in, maybe he's in one of those day. if they don't make the playoffs he, they release him you, you know this I is it know. could be a that's, it could be I a mean, Steelers listen, that's it's not like they they're gonna need him in the offense at some point they don't you know unless the unless Matt Patricia can't 
figure out a way yeah. to utilize, you know, a, a small slot receiver in their offense, which is, I mean, no, they're, they're, he's, big, they're big they're, guys. They can handle that. They're, I mean, Matt Stafford's a good quarterback, but I mean, Danny Amendola, it could be anybody that's just a stand-in for somebody, like I mean, you Jesus said, that they Christ, could go and the get. Fans, the fans don't cry out for it every single goddamn day. Well, I mean, although, you know, Gunner made that one big play last night, very proud of him, very... <sighs> I mean, a very weird post-game look, but... (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that and give Nick some rants. That's a little like, like the old Shevsky, he's just literally trying to look like white trash. Yeah, he's he's trying to do the Gardner Minshew. Very, very, very hard Gardner Minshew uh, push right there. Anyways, um, you know, they scored 21 points, they beat the Giants, they covered the spread, bravo, yes. Yes, right. Congratulations. the performance last night is kind of one of those games that you don't, you know, it's not the best team that you're going to play in the next couple. Right. We talk about the schedule yeah. here. It was enough to shake them and kind of, you know, give them a re-eval- reevaluation on what is wrong. And that was the perfect, that's the, everything you could yeah. ask for. Um, so I think, I mean, let me just make this point real quick before we move forward. I just, I think that sometimes we think to ourselves like, oh, this, this was the wake up call they needed that there was something, you know, they needed to work on with the offense. But I really look at it and I think to myself, like they're just, they are doing what they know they need to do. They didn't go into that game and think like tonight's the night. Like when you have no Philip Dorsett and Josh Gordon is hurt and then ends out of the game, you don't have Rex Burkhead, you don't have all of these pieces, you know things are going to be tough. Tom Brady said after the game he's never seen so like they stuck with the same personnel the entire game. They didn't have anyone else to put in. Yeah. And you know when you're going into a game, they didn't know they were going to lose Josh Gordon, but th- there's very little they could do. Yeah. So so succeeding in the face of injury issues and in the face of bad weather and against a team that We're played a lot harder and a about lot the better. New York Giants here. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, let's be honest. Let's, that's, let's remind ourselves of that. We don't have to remind ourselves of that, though, because at the end of the day, this is an NFL football team. Like, we can all talk about how he didn't have Saquon Barkley and he didn't have Evan Ingram. Well, I watched the game, and guess what? Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram weren't doing shit against that defense. Maybe they had another touchdown. I'm like, yeah. this is that didn't make me feel like, oh my God, Daniel Jones would have totally had them. The guy could not hit him. Daniel, to save his Daniel Jones life. was it literally looks like like backyard. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, like, with the, the interceptions, the four picks that they threw, it was just like like that doesn't it make was, me. It was embarrassing. It was literally it was like all of them. It's like the Patriots were like jumping up like orange mocha frappuccino seen right. from Zoolander like high-fiving in midair that's literally what that's literally what the secondary looked like when they were going off for those interceptions and like, to your like, point you know if Sterling Shepard had been in the game he would have been covered by Jason McCourty yeah. like what do you I mean this, this nothing would have it wouldn't have been that big of a swing all right let's let's talk about what's going on with the schedule in the upcoming weeks because uh yeah. they've got the uh flaming dumpster fire that is the New York Jets again yeah. they're gonna have, get that out of the way yep, the second you gotta get game. get yeah. that one out of the way they're gonna get their uh their little redhead Sam Darnold back by oh, the way, I fo- worried I f- about him. I, f- I follow uh, Le'Veon Bell on Instagram. Oh on yeah, the Fox and Fallon account. Yeah. He loves his quarterback. Aww. Like he literally, he pumps him up so much. Really it's cute. actually very cute. Yeah. Like he like Sam came back from um from being away with mononucleosis, and uh, he 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 posted some video of some pimp walking out of one of his like you know those Long Beach Snoop Dogg old school oh, videos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know he's kicking his leg out the door. He's like, "This is Sam showing up at the, the facility today." And Sam's like, "Hee hee, man, you don't see something like that." It's actually it's very cute. Yeah. Um. Oh, good luck to the New York Jets who are zero who are zero and four. Good luck to Sam Darnold. Just stay healthy. They're playing the, the Cowboys this so, weekend. I'm so um, scared. Yeah, I know yeah. that Jerry Jones is going to get his nice little revenge and yeah. add another tally. I mean the the Jets are going to be zero and five when yeah. they walk in. 
Um, oh, when the Patriots host them, actually. Yeah. Um, all right. So then it gets kind of interesting. You have the pa- you have the Jets, you have the Browns, um, and then you have kind of a, a melee of fi- a crazy five game stretch where it just could get a little tricky. Harry, as we say on this podcast, Harry. Get a little Harry. Harry. We always say it'll get a little Harry. It will get Harry. Okay, like Nikhil Harry. All right, you got the Ravens, you got the Eagles, both games on the road. Then you're home hosting the Cowboys. Um, when are the Patriots going to lose? Well, I mean, like you said, so it's it's Ravens, Eagles, Cowboys. That's quite a stretch. Um, the Ravens haven't looked exactly go as good as one. they were I think early go in the season. One, but yeah. um, but they also then have the Texans and the Chiefs, both of which you know are, are playoff contenders as well. The Chiefs is obviously the second easy second best AFC team in the league. So I would say if you look at that five-game stretch, they do have a buy in there between the uh, Ravens and Eagles games. That'll be – to me – they could easily win two, lose two of those five. Yeah. I think that it's realistic to say at some point they're going to run up. Carson Wentz is the exact kind of quarterback that they struggle with. Yeah. Isn't it? He's a really good passer, and he's very mobile. Yeah, he no, the move. mobile quarterbacks. But but isn't that a perfect test to this defense? I think I think they have enough firepower up front in their front That's seven That's why it'll to be continue. fun to see, right? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. you know. But I do think that if they're, if they're you know, going on the road against the Eagles, a fired-up team – that's I don't think they're going to struggle with Lamar Jackson. He's not the kind of passer that this that can screw around with the secondary. I don't see them losing to the Ravens, but Eagles and I you know, that Deshaun Watson makes me nervous as well. I I would say I'm I would say lie. of all those of all those teams I kind I I somewhat agree with you. I okay. think the I think the Lamar Jackson game is a little is a, a little makes me a little nervous just seeing how well he played against Patrick Mahomes that game against the Chiefs and that secondary is garbage. I know, though. I know, I know. But um, I mean, he can play. When he can't he, pass I think that team. Lamar Jackson plays up to his competition, so I think that you could see a lot from them. I don't maybe like a they, close game that the Patriots pull out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I the, the Eagles and the Cowboys is gonna be cake. Um, I do worry about the. I do worry about the Houston Texans. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Man. I just. I. I still think that trade that they made with the Miami Dolphins at the beginning of the season. And everyone thought that the, te- the Houston Texans were drunk. I did. Um, I know yeah. I did. Um, I think that that was the best thing. I think that they. I think the Texans could. You know, could potentially face the Patriots in a, a conference championship yeah. game. Yeah. I really think that they're that good. Um, Deshaun Watson is electric on the field. I think for the, I think for so many years we have somewhat written off Bill O'Brien as a guy that's I still am. That's not really that can't really make it there. I mean, Jesus, Romeo Cornell, Romeo Cornell is still the off defensive coordinator for is, that team. Is he? Yes. Yes. Oh, dang. Romeo Cornell. Hanging in there. <laughs> I know. Listen, they're all oh, they're missing is Charlie you, Weiss. And you got a you got a throwback. Oh three oh four, New England Patriots. I know. But um yeah, I think that that team makes me nervous, and then the rest of them. I mean, the Chiefs. That's just going to be a game that everyone. I who knows. I think the Patriots could lose one, two games this season. I don't think that they're going to go undefeated. I I completely agree. <laughs> they're not going to go undefeated, if only because I think that the, there's always one team that comes in that is it's their Super Bowl for them. Like they yeah. are going to the beat the Patriots, and one of these teams is going to come out really swinging. I agree with you that the Texans. Might be surprisingly of all, even though they're probably the weakest team in terms of overall top to bottom with the coaching and everything else, they are the kind of team hosting the Patriots that that'll pull it out. I actually, I actually am not that worried about the Chiefs coming to New England, and I'll I, say this: I'll tell you why. You, because I, I don't. Think, I think I, don't, I think they could manage. I don't want. I really to, do. I really don't want to for people to think I'm underselling Pat Mahomes or that I'm underselling Andy Reid. I the the Chiefs are an incredible team. 
the what the way they look right now, that defense, even if the Patriots don't get a single bit better on offense than they are yeah. right now, yeah. they could still put up 27 on that defense. Yeah. With the defense that the Patriots have against that like you we saw what they did to them to Patrick Mahomes in the first half of the AFC Championship game last year and they are significantly better than they even were back then. So I have to say with that being a home game, if it was... Are in they the, going to get Tyreek Hill back at that point? Yeah, though? no, I know. But we saw what they did to Tyreek Hill. At last. One catch in the NFC Championship game, they can handle Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm not saying that I, I think it'll be an easy win, but if it was in Kansas City, I'd be a little more concerned. I have to be honest, I'd be shocked if they lost that game. And then after that, Courtney, this is why we've really focused on these five teams, because after that, it really, it's Bengals... Bills, Dolphins. Yeah. So those are three easy wins. We know they're not going to lose those games. They're hosting the Bills. So even if the Bills are in playoff contention at that point, this is now a game in New England. The Bills are not going to New England and beating the Patriots unless the Patriots have like locked up the number one seed somehow yeah. by then. And, which and then is, they throw you know, That would be surprising. Um, so, you know, I guess what, what are we going to say? Are we going to go 14-2 and two or are we going 15-1? and one? I'm, I'm going 14-2. and two. Me too. That's kind, of, that's kind of my bet here. Fox and Fallon on the record as Patriots go 14-2. and 14-2. Number one seed another, in the AFC. Another trip to the Super Bowl. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we just make it seem so so easy. Just a classic 14-2. Uh, on, on the record, if we're talking about things on the record, I still feel like after Brady won his sixth ring, mm-hmm. I, my gut, my hunch is that, is that Tom will have eight rings before he retires. So that's, that's so kind of my, wow. that was my, that was my hunch that he would win two more. So, which means he will have played in 11 Super Bowls. No big deal. So, Honestly, I mean, put him in, put him in the baseball hall of fame, put him in the basketball hall of fame, put him in all the hall of fames just because at that point, I think we're going to have to put Rob Gronkowski in the broadcasting hall of fame after, after his performance. Last yes. Season. Oh my God. I'm so excited. We finally arrived at my most exciting point of the podcast. Yes. Gronk debuted. He is now one of my coworkers, Courtney. Yes. Oh, he's a Fox I, yes, he works sports for colleague. Fox sports. Wow. He has a job and I still do. <laughs> it's just remarkable to me that like no one will hire me. Hi, I am oh, unemployed. Someone please hire Hi, the can, great and can, talented can Courtney Fallon. Can someone Fallon. just, I just don't. <laughs> for the love of God. I had a meltdown last week. I'm just going to be completely honest. Yeah. I just am like, hmm. I don't understand why I'm still unemployed. It's taking all the jobs. Exactly. I mean, like, listen, if Lindsay Zarniak and Rob Gronkowski are just going to take jobs away from me, we're going to have to settle the score elsewhere. And I don't know how that's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but something's got to go down. Anyways, let's break down Rob Gronkowski's on-air performance. Can I just say, before we get to fully to go, I want, I want the pre, I want the pre-taped taped. I just, I just, because I see it in his eyes, I just, because I feel it and I know well, it. we like, know. I mean, how much, we've seen I know, Gronk so but much. I want to see. We've I been just, with him in locker rooms and stuff. Like, we know trading, who this guy is. Who was is. preparing him for yeah. this on-air hit? I have so many questions that are, like, in my crazy little on-air TV mind that I want to know, but I will get your thoughts. I'll get the inside scoop for you. For. I will do what oh, I can. I'll do. talk to the gentleman. Yes. I have to say... Watching, so it was him, Tony Gonzalez, Michael Strahan, and Terry Bradshaw. And it was so funny to see old Terry Bradshaw with his little cap on or whatever next to these like giant men. They made Terry Bradshaw look like he was five foot eight. He looks like Danny Woodhead out there. I was like, (laughs) he is not a small dude. I'm like, I'm remembering. It was just funny to see all those guys together. It was cool. He, He actually was really sweet. Um, For those of you who didn't see, he did this amazing thing where he 
talked to Tony Gonzalez before Justice before they started and really got into the analysis of the game and told him that he was his hero wow. and how much he meant to how much it meant to him to be able to be working with him and That's he wishes silly. he could they could have played together and it was really really cool and he went down the line and then when he got to Michael Strahan he was like you know and we've been doing stuff together this whole time because they've been TV buddies even when he was playing. You know, and, and doing random TV stuff. Michael They've been Strahan doing things all the time. Yeah, so He's it was like, I wonder, and it made me think, Court, I wonder if Michael Strahan was like the guy that got, that got Gronk there. Because like, someone put in a good word. I, you know, no, I think it's his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, that says oh, that, yeah, I, he's, that I he's, will I've do heard the, he's pretty good at yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I heard, think he's pretty good, good at things. things. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's remarkable to me, as I'm looking at a, a picture, as, you know, Brady and, and uh, Julian Edelman were ripping on him, you know, Gronk settling into his new role nicely, and they're laughing faces, and then Brady posted something, he says, can you believe that Gronk is spilling all of our inside jokes on TV? And But, you know, I gotta tell you that Rob... Rob, although his eyes are literally looking like they're exploding out of his head. Yes. Because that's just nerves. Yeah. Um, holding the microphone properly. Which I knew you'd appreciate. No, I, with the hands. I knew it's you'd very, appreciate. It's very hard to give the very soft, subtle microphone handholds. Yes. Um, he's, got a, he's got a down pack. Listen, um, Rob Gronkowski is going to fill a need... Everything is scripted. Everything is pre-planned. It's just, it, it, you know what? I, I think watching him last night for the for the few clips, I know people in Boston were like, "Oh, this show is so stupid." Yeah, you were They're telling me to, this. So people, people were, literally were talking understand. on WEI. They were talking uh, literally for twenty minutes about how bad the pregame show was and how bad Aaron Andrews's interview with Julian Edelman was. First of all, I thought that interview was. It was fantastic. fantastic. It was. And I think that it's so difficult for it's from a TV perspective to watch a sit-down interview and not get fucking bored. Right. Okay? The pacing of it was right. It was just your typical, hey, Tanya, tell me how your Thursday's looking. How's your relationship with Bill Belichick? Right, right. How's your relationship with Tom Brady developed over the years? These are just like basic stupid questions. Well, she does a fantastic job in her interviews anyway. No, and Julian's She's a great poised. interview. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, I just... I think that it was very well done. And listen, for the, all those naysayers that just want to bitch and complain and it's because we're not watching Comcast Sportsnet New England of pregame show, like, leave these people alone. Everyone else needs jobs as well. And, like, I think that for what it was, what made me super happy last night was seeing how happy Rob Gronkowski was on TV. Did it's you funny, notice yeah, it's that? Funny that you because, say that because I, 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 I'm throwing back to that press conference where, you know, he projected that he was, you know, incredibly sad and he was upset about football and, you know, it was just not fun for him anymore. Yeah. Finally, football for him looked fun last night. It's funny that you say that because my mom said the exact same thing. She was like, it's the joy is back in his face and his eyes. And that was something we got used to seeing from him. And, and certainly by the end of last season, it was, he always had a good, uh, he was always a good sport. He had a smile on his face, but there was something absent the joy wasn't there anymore he looked healthy his skin looked good his body looked good like he yeah. just looked like he was in a better place and you could you could tell because when they asked him if he was 
done with football or if he was going to leave the door open. Oh, yeah. He said point blank. He finally sort of just made it clear. He's like, I will never rule out going back. Yeah. And he's enjoying what he's doing right now. But it's pretty clear that the, his health has changed his mindset. Yep. It started to make him think, okay, maybe I could run this back one more time. Although I, I absolutely see, I mean, do. I it's do. hard to see him doing what he's doing right now and thriving and like even wanting him to go back. I don't know. I, here's the thing. I mean, what? He's 30 years old right now. Yeah. It's just, I mean, you give it a couple of years. He does this. He does what he wants. Maybe he gets married. You know, he enjoys yeah. his, his time off of football, you know, with his family and his girlfriend and everything that comes with that. Robert Kraft speaking on NFL Network last night saying that he's never officially signed retirement papers and the door is wide open and we hope that Rob comes back to football. I think it's pretty imminent that he does. I don't think that I eventually give it a year and a half, two years. But do you think he would play without Brady? That's what that was my next question as it was about to roll out of my mouth. Wow. So if Rob Gronkowski is leaving the door open. What does this do for Tom Brady's right. playing career? I think that I think that it's going to prolong Brady's career. I think he'll play past 45 if Rob is still around. I don't think that Brady's going to want to retire until he gets another shot at Gronk. Because at that point, I mean, I don't know what's, what mobility skills are going to diminish from Brady's arsenal. But, I mean, clearly right. it's going to be a lot easier for him to move move the chains and move the football and get it into the end zone if you're Rob Gronkowski a on healthy, the other side. A healthy, a healthy thriving exactly. back. Exactly. Is, you know, it's like... I mean, and obviously we don't know how long Julian Edelman's going to last, but if the three of them could get back together, it seemed... Listen, I have to say, I don't think we can let the people go without playing the sound of Gronkowski describing Julian Edelman, what he's like on the field. Oh, yeah? Is he, he's squirrely, right? He's just a squirrely guy. I think we should... I mean, we're, let, let's, let, let's play the clip for the people. First off, he calls himself the squirrel. You want to know why he calls himself the squirrel? Because he is a squirrel. He's furry. He's furry. He's cute. He's elusive. He's feisty. And most importantly, whenever he gets a chance, he gets that nut. I, I, I mean, I can't. He's could a squirrel guy. Could he be a... more Gronkowski if he tried? But that's what I mean. It's the like, best. He's just, it, this is going to last for the next, I would say, two years. Because okay. it, the people are going to... It's just, he's just America's lovable idiot that's going to keep being a lovable idiot. And this is a new thing for him. Yeah. And it's not going to stop. Like, I don't. I will say this. Is there any I know, other way that I could that could I could linguistically say this? No, like, I my only regret, and as a Fox Sports employee, I feel I so it's is he okay be for coming me to on say the this. Lot well, he'll come on the lot, but my only regret is that we couldn't find a way to put him with Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> I. I just, the delight and joy of seeing them do a, some sort of broadcast together was honestly like, we Listen, gotta, they we do gotta a figure lot it out. Of, they do a lot of cross. Not between CBS and Fox, I though. know, yeah. I know, I know. I'm just if it was thinking like NFL if Network it's NFL Network yeah. and Fox, but yeah. But no. that's, so that's my dream scenario. I mean, I'm not an executive yet, but well, we never know. You never know. Tony's going to get promoted yeah. right after this. <laughs> that's a big one. All right. Um, that's all the time we got. Should we read through our, our potential trade um, scenario with Chris? Oh, we yeah. Well, that? I mean, we can shout out our guy. All I, right. All right. Another shout out just real quick. to the legendary Chris Morrissey. Yeah. Best friend from middle school. Yeah. He says, this is, and we want to get your thoughts, Fox and Fallon uh, viewers, on this. Yeah. Throwing this one around to my football family today. Here is the solution on how to fix the Patriots offense. All right. Hit me. You've concocted. Trade Joe Tooney. 
who's one of their best offensive linemen. Love him, but he's in a contract year and likely won't be resigned. And a pick, maybe a second or a third round pick to Cleveland for Odell. By the way, I thought that Odell was going to be traded to the Patriots. Earlier I know this what week. the hell. Um, I was. I. I don't even know like where it was coming from, but I was getting. I was getting texts and tweets like out of the blue. I want him. I think it would be fantastic, and it just it would just totally fucking make sense for everything that he's just been kissing Brady's ass on social media for the last nine months. All right, hit me more with the rest of his. Prediction. All right, then we're going to trade a pick. I'm guessing a first round to Washington for Trent Williams, who by the way hasn't played a snap this nope. season. Offensive lineman, all pro. Uh, kick Isaiah Wynn inside to left guard. We might need to include Michael Bennett and maybe one more player in the deals to get the cap space. I I think that also goes against. What I was saying before, yeah, you're just not, keeping your you're defensive not, depth. You're not trading Michael Bennett. I mean, he's I mean, got he would be so a good trade upside. piece, but at the same time, and we talked well, a little is bit that about no this. Higher, but like, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's he's also, got nothing else to do. I I know what he's saying here, and nothing about what nothing about that you know those trade ideas is a bad idea. The fact of the matter is, they are starting to look ahead to what they're going to do at quarterback for for the future of this franchise. They don't have. Tom Brady's replacement on this roster right now. They cannot be getting rid of first and second round picks to try to get Odell Beckham and Trent Williams and these guys. I, like Trent Williams is who not knows, going anywhere. Who, for, no, but I mean, outside of outside of a top ten pick, Tanya, you're not going to get the quarterback of the future. Why not? Russell Wilson was the quarterback of the future. Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback of the future. Most likely, those picks are going to come from the fourth and fifth round. The Patriots aren't going to have a top ten pick. It, like it's not. They're never no, going to be bad enough to get it. That's so they're going saying. to draft their guy in the I, second I'm, or third round. I'm saying that those first and second round picks are expendable because the quarterback of the future, the guy who's going to replace Tom Brady, is not going to come from the second or but, third round. But you know he turns that first-round pick into other picks. He's just not going to give it up for Trent Williams. I, like, I, I just don't see it happening. Although, if there's a single human being in the NFL right now that the Patriots need more than anyone, it's Odell Beckham Jr. So if they oh, find a yeah. way to get him... Especially how disgruntled he is in uh, that offense. I, I think also, too, I think we're ending the podcast yeah. right now. Um by saying that we totally fucking predicted this yeah. earlier in the season, when, at what point were, were we all going to throw up our hands and say, the Browns are the worst team in the NFL? Yeah. And, uh, well, they're not the we, worst team, but they're nef- definitely not what we thought. I mean, thought but okay, when, when, do you remember when we did that poll and it said, what's your, what's your favorite matchup? It was oh, Cleveland and yeah. everything. It was Cleveland and the Jets, Cleveland right. and this, Cleveland yeah. and that. And I said, and I remember saying, I said, at one point, at what point? I'm guessing it's going to be week two. Are we going to have to sit here and say <laughs> we're selling all of our Browns tickets because they're yeah. so bad? The stock and that's is a, low. That's exactly that's exactly what's happening. So uh, yes, we are the oracle. We predict all things that are NFL, and we are correct. Yeah, we're always we're always right. I just I would like to shout myself out. Last night at halftime, I tweeted that the uh, Patriots were still going to win the game, thirty to fourteen. I was off by five points, but I got a lot 14. of love. I got wow. a lot of love. People okay. were mad, and then they were coming back to give me props. It takes a big person to get mad and then come back around, admit you are wrong, and uh, my followers did that. That's what, yeah. why they're my followers. Yep. They're the best. Yep. Real quick before we go, I think that the best thing that could ever happen in the world is for the Patriots to, is for the Patriots to sign Odell Beckham Jr. somehow. Yep. As Antonio Brown watches from his couch, memeing sad things about how he wishes he was still there, and mm-hmm. watching the actual receiver that the Patriots were always supposed to have, do what he's supposed to do with Tom Brady and win a ring. It would make my life complete to watch Antonio Brown suffer with that karma. I just you know want that what, on though? record. He's going to have a, he's going to get a Super Bowl. Don't care. If they win the Super Bowl. 
He'll probably have to sell it because he'll need the money. Yeah, exactly. All, all right, right, guys. Adios. That's all I got. Thanks for sticking with me with my sore throat. Yeah, it actually th- feels better. And thanks for indulging us in a Patriots podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We love you. Bye. Ciao, 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 ciao. Bye.